So we really need to be on alert as Christians, this time of year especially, um, because the evil one is looking to take you out. You know that. And he would love to get you um, out partying and drinking and doing these things. So I'm going to get into a little something here that I hope sticks with you and I hope it's relevant in your mind and hopefully it, you can relate to it and it makes a difference for you um, this December and possibly the rest of your life. In um, Psalms 51, you've got David um, speaking, and he says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. When we sin, you guys... It's against God only. There is some scripture that says we sin against our own body, but that's different. But the majority of our sins are directly against God. You're not hurting. <laughs> I mean, you're hurting yourself too sometimes. You drink too much and you, and you hurt the next day or you get yourself in serious trouble, a DUI, who knows what. But you really are sinning against the Lord and the DUI is just a consequence of your, of your physical action. But the real damage is hurting the Lord. And... Um, Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. When you judge us, Lord, because we've done evil, we deserve it. We really do. The Lord does not mess up. So here's, a, here's what we're getting at here tonight. This is a piece of the, of the puzzle. And that is surely I, will, I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. So you guys were born into sin, right? We're all sinners. No twos about it. We're born into it. Um, and that's just, that's reality. So we need to be saved. So the next step is um, understanding, I want to get this parallel going, of we are born into a prearranged marriage. Christ, when you come to belief in Christ, you have a bridegroom. Before Christ, when you are walking on your own, you are married, but to the evil one, if you want to say that, I mean, if you want to take it all the way down the line, or to nobody. You're just dating. You are just kind of doing whatever you want. Do what thou wilt is the whole of the law. I mean, it's, um, when you're young, you, you do things like that. You are doing what you want a lot of times when you are young before you know Christ. So um, a prearranged marriage is a marriage arranged by someone other than the couple, which essentially eliminates courtship. You're born into it. There's no courtship. It's, just, it's done. It's just the way it is. You're living it. So, Romans 5.12, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people. Just verifying the fact that we are all born into a sin and deadly nature. Okay, so somewhere along the line you heard about Christ. Man, if you're a Christian today, you heard about Jesus somehow, some way, somewhere. And um, so you might have heard something like this. This is an Acts. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? So you heard that somewhere along the line. And you said, what should I do? I, need to, I heard about this Jesus, and what do I do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you 
in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted this message were baptized. They were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So what must you do to be saved? Repent and be baptized, right? So baptism. Um, now that you are following Christ, you've come to know him, you've been baptized. Um, Romans 6.1 says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? So we're getting a disconnect from our old ways, our old dating pattern, our old pre-married-to-Christ life, and how can we go on sinning any longer? So um, let's call this old lifestyle our ex, okay? Ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, it's your ex. This old life before Christ is your ex. Think of it that way. Um, or don't you know, in verse 3 it says, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized, baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, your ex-life, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We have a new life, and that is our current spouse, the Lord Jesus Christ, our bridegroom. 1 Peter 3.21, this is now... We're going to start making a little correlation here that I don't hear too often. And that is baptism and weddings. They're very similar, aren't they? They're very similar. And so 1 Peter 3.21, and this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. Marriage is a pledge to a husband or wife that allows a clear conscience towards God also, isn't it? When you get married, you can now do things with your wife that you were not able to do before with a clear conscience. And so I picked up some similarities of a wedding and a baptism. And um, well, let's see, number one, usually performed on a specific date. When we have our baptisms at the beach, or at a pool, or we set a date, and people come, and they get baptized. Uh, number two, they both have wedding vows, sort of. I kind of made this up here, so check it out. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I thee wed. Okay, a little bit of a joke, but, you know, it's, it's uh, there are vows being made at, the, at both. Uh, number three, speeches are made. People give speeches at both weddings and in uh, baptisms. Um, number four, celebration ensues. There's going to be a party afterwards. And hanging out, shooting the breeze, people rejoicing that someone was baptized or several people were baptized. Um, you're having a wedding. Um, after, the, after the wedding, the uh, get-together. I can't think of what it's called right now. But you're all getting together and celebrating the wedding the new bride and groom, 
their new name. Uh, number five, they are both unique public demonstrations. Isn't that what it's about? Isn't baptism about publicly announcing that you are a Christian, that you are dead to self and alive in Christ? And isn't a wedding saying that we are now, that these two people are now one flesh? They are now one person and publicly announcing it to all their friends and whoever can see. Now, number six is my just simple question to you. What is more similar to a wedding than a baptism? Number seven, this is, a, this is not your typical um, part of a wedding or baptism, a similarity, but it's a difference. Gifts at a baptism aren't normally given. Perhaps that is because you're entering into a spiritual relationship. You're entering into the greatest gift of all, Christ, eternal salvation. Okay, so on, on we go here. I want to, I want to, I want to the, the point here is to explain how we were born to, in death and then we came to Christ we were married to death. We were born into it. Couldn't help it. Born that way. We came to Christ. We're now married to him. He's our bridegroom. And we were baptized. We had a wedding, if you will, a, a spiritual holy wedding to our Lord and Savior when we were baptized. And now we move on a little bit. Um, I hope you'll put up, I like the scripture. It says, I hope you will put up with me in a little foolishness. Yes, please put up with me. Uh, that's actually 2 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Uh, 11.2 says, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. We can get led astray by the things that are going to happen in the month of December, with parties and things, and you get caught up in it. So we're going to talk about the ex-life, easy enough, with a backdrop of ex-significant others, ex-wife, ex-husband, ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend concept, something hopefully we can all relate to. We've all had an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend, I'm sure, possibly an ex-wife or ex-husband. Um, remember an old boyfriend, an old girlfriend, but maybe you started liking someone else. Where'd that go? Or, or they started liking someone else when you were dating them. Uh, the pain of breaking up with a loved one. Ouch. Young love. That's tough. Um, or the power... Uh, an ex has over you. Uh, ex, you know, I don't know if you, anybody else has experienced this. I'm sure it's not unique to me, but it seems like when you dated somebody that was recently out of a breakup, um, you felt like you maybe had a 50-50 chance that they were going to go back to that ex. Just easy to go back, isn't it? You already have their phone number. You already know them. And that's a lot. There's a lot of truth there in our ex-lives with Satan. We grew up in it, you guys. A lot of people grew up um, fulfilling their flesh and growing habits, a number of, of bad habits that we've created in our younger years. And 
So it's, it's easy uh, to, in a lot of ways, to go back to that X, to those bad habits. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. Um, and you, I think you're already starting to see why you don't want to do that. Um, so, um, whether you're a new Christian or an old Christian, don't let the boyfriend's jokes, his good looks, lip service, sincerity, or fond memories draw you back to him. Just don't let those old memories draw you back, those old ways. Don't let them draw you back. Seek the Lord and the beautiful relationship that he has for you going forward. Um, the point is, when you deliberately do a little sin, and you think, big old God may not even notice this one. It's not true. It's like a little romance with someone hoping your husband or wife doesn't find out. Except one thing, God sees all. Right? So when you do that little sin that really nobody sees, maybe a brother or sister doesn't see it, maybe a coworker sees it, or, but it's no big deal, and you think, man, so it's just a little sin. It's just a little sin, and big old God can just handle it. Well, how do you feel when your boyfriend or girlfriend or wife or husband just romances somebody else just a little bit from work? No big deal. You're not big enough to just take it on the chin and say, hey, that's, that's okay. No, huh? it doesn't work like that. I mean, it, it doesn't take much to make a man very jealous, does it? If your wife's doing something that's just, you know, gray area, <laughs> it, it hurts. And if you don't think it hurts God when you do these little sins, these little things you think are no big deal, it does hurt him. You are flirting with your ex-girlfriend. And there can be severe consequences. You could go back to that ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend. You really could. Because you're a Christian today, doesn't guarantee you're a Christian tomorrow. And if you don't pay attention to what's going on and keep your eyes on the Lord and his word and, and turn from evil and do what is right in the Lord's sight and stay in the word, you are taking serious chances. And it does concern the Lord that you're taking those chances because you could fall away. And that, you don't think that scares the Lord? It does. It's like, man, I don't want to see you fall away. But if you're going to do those things, you just might. You just might. And so it's a scary situation you're putting yourself in by just doing these little sins, these little flirts with your old life, with your, little, your old ex. So... As we go forward in December, please remember that, that little sins hurt the Lord. You know, Jesus wept, right? He wept because Mary and Martha were weeping. Um, he's compassionate. There's a lot of other scripture that talks about Christ and his emotions, being emotional as a man. And he gave us emotions for a reason, to help have a relationship with him. You know, to, you know he's not this emotionless guy, God, Father, that is just up there and just has no emotions. He absolutely does. He rejoices with us, and he is happy when we do things. We're, we are pleasing aroma to him. How can you be a pleasing aroma to God if, if he wasn't able to be pleased? So, um, let's see here. I wanted to close with 
this. It's just a very simple summary, and that is, since you've been baptized and remarried to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you shouldn't want to flirt with any ex anymore. I wrote, and if you do, you still can't, <laughs> lol. Um, you really shouldn't. Um, you really, really shouldn't. It may not seem like a very big deal, but it really can be. So you guys, this December, with all the stuff going on, um, please don't flirt with your ex. Please stay sober-minded. I'm not going to say anything about, you know, you can't drink, you can't do the things. That's, that is legalism. But the Lord does say several times, be sober-minded. John the Baptist was not able. He was, he was refused to have any kind of alcoholic drink um, his whole life. And Jesus said that John the Baptist was the greatest man born of women. So just keep that in mind, you guys. Sobriety this December, sober-minded, and it will keep you out of trouble. You know, drinking and even a little bit, just the trouble that comes along with it is, it's just, they walk hand in hand. Alcohol and, and trouble walk hand in hand. And you don't want that kind of trouble. So that is my message tonight. Don't flirt with your ex this December. All right. I love you guys, and I hope you are all doing well. And thanks for being with me on this, uh, this late Wednesday night, dark around the world. <laughs> it's dark so, so early nowadays. Um, it to be 6.30 sometimes. I'm thinking it's time for bed. <laughs> it's been dark for an hour. Um, but uh, so thanks for being here tonight. And um, again, love you guys. And I hope the best for you. Please pray for Pastor Joe and everybody that has COVID around the world. And if you can, let people know that it's just because you have COVID does not mean you're going to die. I, you know, it's, it's true. It's true. So, but it doesn't mean you can't die either. So <laughs> just to make that clear. All right, so let's go ahead and close in prayer and, um, and uh, call it a night. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, that you are so good to us, that um, you are our bridegroom, Father, that you watch after us, and you give us rules and regulations to keep us safe, Father, that you walk with us, that you give us your Holy Spirit to give us understanding and wisdom to keep us out of trouble, Lord. Help us all to seek your face in the midst of these hard times, Lord. Um, Lord, sometimes, so, so often, Paul was um, just, his message got so much stronger, Lord, when things were really, when he was really having a hard time uh, in prison or wherever it might, might be. And Lord, um, these days right now are really hard times, so please, Lord, use your believers Use us, Lord, to shine a light in this dark world, Lord, this world that's so scared and just doesn't know what to make of it, Lord. This world is truly scared. Use us, Father, to, um, as opportunity to shine your, uh, your gospel and eternal salvation and help people not to fear death. Father, when we know you, we do not have to fear death. Um, as Nick was talking about on Sunday, um, <laughs> But Paul, you know, he said, it's better that I'm here and help out. It's much better that I'd be with you, Jesus, but it's also very good that I'm here to help um, bring others to the kingdom. 
So, Lord, with that, use us. May we bring others to this kingdom in this dark world. We love you. Uh, We lift up Pastor Joe and Jonathan and whoever else has COVID, Father, and, uh, or even sick, the flu, or um, physical ailments, or whatever it might be, Lord. Um, just lift everybody up that is hurting, finances, um, our military, our police, the presidency. Oh, Lord, um, the political world. Let's pray that I'll be saved, Lord. We ask all this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you guys.